Hey there inmates, Gav Jones here, hope you're well. On this episode I was joined by the tartan trainer himself, Christopher Hughes. As well as being a personal trainer, Chris has played rugby at a high competitive level and shares his experiences with us today. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the Big House Podcast. Doing that, you good? Yeah, not bad, man. Uh, it's been a chill day today. Just kind of sitting around. Not really much to get done. So I was, like I said, I was having a PlayStation day. <laughs> just kind oh, of right, sitting nice around. I was just like, I'm, I'm sure I've got another mic in here that I could use. It'll work a little bit better. <laughs> Do you, on a regular basis, are you doing sort of something physical or not? Have you done any workouts today? Uh, not today. Today's more of a rest day. Uh, I just finished the turf games competition last week, so my body's still pretty beat up from that. All oh, right, okay. Um, yeah, with Amber kind of coming along towards the end, it kind of really brought a slowdown to the amount I was training and stuff, and the use, the style of training I'm more used to doing. Uh, kind of focuses on powerlifting style, so I don't really have that much weight or any weight sitting around the flat to use so not really used to doing that style so when something like this came along I thought it would be a different type of challenge and yeah it's definitely been difficult um <laughs> it's kind of like a more crossfit style without the gymnastics so oh, right, okay. that works out pretty well for me um so that is more based around the kind of functional fitness side of it which was pretty good um but yeah it was exhausting uh so i decided to put more training focus that style this week so you know monday tuesday wednesday went pretty hard at it and today like my legs are just all seized up and locked out so rest day loads of foods massage guns out just nothing (laughs) yeah nice one i mean it's with sort of looking after yourself in the health and fitness is that something that you've had all your life is it kind of like from a young age or was it just was there something that kind of sparked it no um i'd say i've always been pretty active um yeah from a young age really like i've got a twin brother both of us were pretty active um both got into football at quite a young age our dad kind of got us interested in that uh, so we used to do that a few times a week then went into school pe was always my favorite subject uh, lunch breaks at school. Me and friends would always be down Kelly like, playing basketball in the empty halls kind of thing. So yeah, just I'd much rather just kind of keep myself out and about and moving. I just think it's it's social, it's fun. Like, from a young age I never really thought about it being good for me. Uh I just kinda of like that adrenaline rush that you get from competing and just like I say it's a bit of a laugh. It's not like you're just sitting around talking all the time. You're actually moving and doing things. Yeah. So since then, I just kind of expanded on it as the years went on. From like in PE, done my advanced higher in it, moved into sports studies at uh, university, uh, done my personal training qualification after that, and since then, just really worked in the sport pretty much the entire time, apart from a very brief stint that I tried working at a desk job. Uh, about three months into that, realised that sitting at a computer all day just doesn't do it for me. <laughs> so, yeah. drop that. Was just right back to where I was before. It's that's kind of my background. I am very much a desk jockey, and it's just uh, I can see, like I can see the appeal of what you do, but it's like a, a to- for for me, it's an alien world. I've never 
been one that kind of easily i've never done competitive sports i've never um really been active in any way um and i never had anyone to kind of push me into it as well at a young age so it's kind of like maybe i'm actually the polar opposite of you where i'm just yeah i, I just don't have that in me to, to that motivation and i guess that's when you sort of what something that you've you've had a long time instilled in you and i'm thinking with um how how was it you because obviously if you started off playing football and then you you went into fell into rugby is that right yeah yeah um so football was great like i loved it uh went for a stage where me and my brother both for the few times where we used to play kind of pro youth level at hibs all right uh we trialed at i think it was livingston i think we trialed at but like the travel distance was too much and must have been around the age of 14 or 15 like I just got quite lucky and I got given like a trial with the Rangers youth squad um so I think we started off there was maybe around 72 odd people they brought down to trial uh got down to the final four of it uh so it was three months of trialing and I don't think they actually took any of us at the end of it oh right okay um yeah, so I just went back to my club team and we moved leagues. So we had to start in the second division. So we were kind of winning games around 17 nil every weekend. Oh. <laughs> and, I was, and I was a goalkeeper. So you're training you, yourself pretty brutally, like twice a week to then go stand in the, the Scottish weather uh, for about two hours at the weekend. So yeah. it just wasn't really fun for me. Uh, so a couple of my close friends in high school, they played rugby and... Yeah, I think it was my friend Alec at the time said the school were starting a team and I should come down and be something different to do for a year just to try and keep my fitness up. And I thought I always like to wind them up that I'd be able to do rugby and it'd be easy compared to football. So I uh, went down, got a try, and within my first year was lucky enough to kind of get picked up with the Glasgow Youth Squad set up. So stuck with that and it's just been a passion of mine since like played a little bit of football in and out in between but rugby's just been my main focus like I just get such a rush from playing it yeah and yeah it's it's just more of a constant game in my eyes so yeah definitely you know I agree with that it's it's definitely a game that doesn't stop moving it's it's I mean, you, you see the you you know you have passionate football fans, but you know when Six Nation comes around, especially, that's when the sort of the real passion gets turned up nationwide, anyway. So, um, how do you do that? I mean, how you obviously push yourself at a competitive level quite hard to then do so well at football and then do so well at, at rugby as well. And like, is that something you do, you obviously put? a lot of energy into everything you do or is that is that just the way you are uh i try my best with it uh, i've got a strong mindset that if you're going you sound to so casual something... you sound so casual yeah i try my best yeah i do, I do what i can <laughs> it's just a thought process i've got on it i mean for me if you're going to try something you've kind of got to go in full hearty that i go to give a hundred percent on it to really get the full idea of how it's going to be um i think it did help out obviously i'm pretty tall for um pretty much just anyone really i'm just shy of six foot seven but um back at that age i was still you'd probably still class me as a giant back then right. in school so it probably did help with some sports uh but I was built like 
the side of a piece of paper kind of thing, so that did make things a little tricky. Um, but yeah, whenever I went into things, it would just be a case of like you've got to do it right. I'm not going to just kind of stand around twiddling my thumbs. I'm going to get involved, like do what I can. Like always, kind of get a bit more satisfaction. It's like that classic saying that you get of even if you lose a game, if you've given all you've got, you've kind of got nothing to feel disappointed about. It just yeah. wasn't meant to be. Um, so I guess I kind of just really stick with that throughout, really. And things you'll have days where you maybe don't feel it. You don't really feel up to it. Um, but then I still have that mindset of even if you go there and do it on a day where you're not really feeling up to it, it's still the best you could have done on that day. So I'm always trying to apply myself where possible. It's not like I'm just going to sit aside, not do anything, and give up. It's just get the work done at the end of the day. Yeah. I mean, is that no, an attribute? No regrets. Yeah. Is that an attribute that you think, uh, you know, if you're thinking about teams and the people that you've, you know, the teams that you've been in, whether rugby or football, is that an attribute that you think at a competitive level when you do well, is that something that you think is instilled in everyone? Is that what makes makes a good team work or? Yeah, for the, for the guys that go into playing at a higher level, it's definitely something you see quite common. Uh, you're not really seeing people showing up to train and they just kind of want to go their way through it. And at the end of the day, if you get more people showing up with that mentality, attitude, it kind of pushes everyone else in that direction as well. So especially in rugby, at the end of the day, if you've got a guy that's really pumped up, he's going to run at you like full speed, full on. Yeah. <laughs> and you're not- you're not you're not exactly feeling it like there's only going to be one winner at that and you do not want to be on the wrong end of that um so yeah when you have other people around you that are doing that it definitely pays off plus it's your kind of common training principles as well of if you work hard you're going to get the results so if these guys are coming in putting full effort into every training session every game then they're going to improve at a faster rate than your guys that are maybe doing it kind of part-time maybe show up for games don't do the training kind of thing that you see a lot in amateur levels yeah yeah i mean you when you said about a guy running out I, I was watching the wales island game on the weekend and there was i think it was cj stander was running at um Falatau and it literally went right over him <laughs> went right over it. and i was thinking wow how, you know obviously wasn't prepared for that one at all but that was that was a that caught and shocked me that game um Obviously, to be, Wales, fair, to be fair, with the likes of CJ Stander, it might be one of the occasions where if he was coming at me, I might just take a little step. <laughs> Oop, yeah, throw someone else in. Yeah. yeah, it's just fair play, mate. If you want this, like you go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> I'll get you a few yards down or <laughs> not going the other way. Um, so Scotland, Wales this weekend. Um, yep. And obviously, Scotland put in a, a pretty good performance. Um, I don't know whether Scotland put in a good performance or England put in a absolutely terrible performance this past weekend but this weekend is scotland wales what how how do you think it's, it's going to go uh i think it'll go kind of similar way maybe to last year scotland away with the win from it which could be a biased opinion but looking at it like it may be again biased views but you could look at scotland maybe didn't play well england didn't play well um, but just the possession Scotland kept in the game against England, yeah, and just having that extra level of control, um, it was. I mean, it's the best I've seen a Scotland team play in a long time. Just everyone seemed to be on the same page, whereas a lot of the time before, 
the kind of impatience would kick in. Someone would try something no one else is ready for. They definitely uh, wanted it more could, on Saturday. They definitely wanted it more last like Saturday. Time. Yeah. Big time. And usually that's something that you tend to think Scotland rely on with their crowds, but they've really just let their skill level show. Uh, I think a lot of that might be done to how they let Russell help a lot more with kind of the attacking and backs coaching in there. Yeah. And um, the build up to it, because with a player like him, like he's just a naturally gifted athlete with these things, but he does have that kind of element of flair that you're not sure what to protect from him. So I think given him that kind of role ahead of it, where it's just like, right, this is the way I'm going to try and play the game. I'm going to try and do these things. Everyone's going to be a lot more prepared for it. So you'll notice like when Scotland are pushing the ball a lot wider and faster, like everyone's ready for it. They're expecting it rather than kind of more balls going to deck, everything kind of looking a bit mismatched and jumbled. So it was yeah. great watching. And I feel if they can go into the Wales game with that same level of control, um, obviously Wales having a lot of injuries going into the game as well, missing some really key players. I think yeah, right there they've, got, the, they've got Liam George Williams. Will as well. Oh, George North as well. Yeah, I know Liam Williams is coming back. and But yeah, um, Lidjet and Navidi are both out as well. So yeah, that's... that's um, Yeah, it's going to be difficult. But the thing is, with Wales, they tend to make a lot of mistakes. They made a lot of mistakes uh, on the weekend. I mean, especially like... Right at right at the end there, with Gareth Davies sort of um, putting that kick in, and he's kind of thinking, "Is that, that that's poor timing?" I think on his part. Yeah, but I mean that's the thing. It's kind of you know if if I think you're right, if Scotland give that push and keep that control, then I think they've got a, they've got a pretty good chance of. I think it'll be close, but I think I think Scotland will edge it. I'm not sure. I mean, Scotland play pretty well when it comes to kind of broken play. Um, it just really depends if they show up the same way as they did last weekend. I think it'll be a good scoreline in their favour. Fair enough, they got the result, but they played against a 14-man Ireland for the vast majority of the game, and you could still see where they struggled at times in there. Mm. Um, and don't get me wrong, Ireland have a good team, but I feel again Scotland will go in more motivated for this one because now Ireland have dropped points, England have dropped points. Like it's very possible for obviously the likes of England or Ireland to take points away from France. Like if Scotland can keep the momentum up, then it could give them like their best finish in years in this competition. Yeah, no, and the thing is, I mean, like they have been getting strong you've visibly seen the, the the team getting stronger and stronger definitely over the past few years it's 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 good to watch i mean it's yeah. good to make it a, a little bit more competitive it would just just be nice it's italy putting a turn every now and again wouldn't it so i know it's been a bit this way it's always just a case of watching especially as a scotland fan it's just like who's coming bottom us or italy this year like what way is this going to go <laughs> um so no the past few years have been really good uh we're a lot more clinical uh, this year, which has been helpful. Um, my mate Stevie, like I was mentioning him after the game because he stays down in England and he says, yeah, it's been a performance coming from Scotland for a long time. He completely agrees with me. Uh, yeah, 
can see that this is getting things finally coming together. It's been a long wait as a Scotland fan, but it would just be <laughs> typical of Scotland uh, as soon as it hits like a big national crisis to like qualify for a major football tournament and do well in the nations in one year when no fans can be there for it. <laughs> it's like the most Scottish thing that could actually happen. Oh, <laughs> can't go celebrate <laughs> yeah i know that would be painful well it's 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 just the way of the world and it? it's just like it's topsy-turvy land at the moment and um, what what position do you play i started off as a second row but that was pretty much more because of my height um yeah. no one really around my area the same height as me so it's it's like i was a goalkeeper in football you see a tall guy and you're just like and you go yeah <laughs> um but i'm quite pacey for someone my height so it's like probably like the quickest player in a lot of the teams i've played with um so made a move into back row so flankers really my preferred position uh winder open sides depends really what kind of fits best for the coaches uh, i prefer blind side personally um but yeah if i have to go open side i'll happily play there and i've spent a very brief spell playing on the wing as well all oh, right um but that was like more injury cover and stuff yeah um that part of the season and there's that flexible well, i guess it's flexibility at the end of the day you have to in the in a game of rugby that flexibility as a player you have to have don't you you don't know where you're going to go well a lot of players don't know where they're going to go but where is rugby not position wise but where is rugby taking you i mean who have you played for where have you where is it taking you kind of bounced around a little bit um but kind of mostly around the same teams kind of back and forth a little bit so I started off when I was younger, just kind of playing at Campus Lang. Um, it's just where my friends played from school. So when I started playing with the school team, decided to get into a bit more. Uh, obviously, you're going to go where your friends are so you can enjoy it a bit more. So started off down there, was with them for the most phase during kind of my Glasgow time at youth as well. Moved over to a club called DL, which is based around Mullerville back when they were in Prem 3, so kind of like third okay. division, the way the leagues were set up at the time. Um, was doing pretty well there. Like, I really enjoyed playing with them. Uh, then, again, just a completely other sport out of the blue. Ended up getting picked up for a rowing program for a GB. Right, uh, okay. One of these talent. <laughs> Yeah, it's like they run these talent ID things where if you fit in an age bracket, like certain physical specifications and you've done another sport at regional level, they'll just trial you out in these other tests and see if you can raw capabilities at an Olympic sport. And oh, okay. if they think you've got that, they'll offer you a place and they'll kind of really push the training on you for there. And they seem to think I had a lot of potential in rowing. Um, so I took a year out to do that. This is after the kind of Glasgow and Scotland kind of youth stuff all kind of came to a close. Uh, took a year to do that. Was, it just wasn't the sport for me. Really. Yeah. Was there any other trials that you, you've, apart from, that may have not been so successful that you went for or not? Um, no, nah, just for the ones that was kind of based around height. So I was meant to yeah. trial for basketball and rowing. But oh, I unfortunately, like, I had a ligament injury to my knee so i wasn't allowed to do the agility tests for basketball um so yeah it was more just your rowing tests i was allowed to do so i ended up doing them instead yeah okay i done that program for about a year or so just didn't really go with me wasn't my kind of thing. so i went back to rugby 
Um, yeah, just went back between DL Canvas Lang before I moved abroad um, and played for Exiles for a few years while I was out there, which was great. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was. How did you get involved in that? Definitely. I got offered a job out there. Yeah. So I moved out to work as a personal trainer out there just for something different. Uh, still young at the time. Um, so wanted to make the most of those kind of years. And just started speaking to kind of a few teams that were there. And they seemed like one of the best setups. And I was getting ready to push myself while I was in Scotland. I was hoping to join a team like Sterling County or Glasgow Hawks or something before yeah. I left. And just sort of push it while I was over there. So it was a big step up in level. Like I didn't expect it to be so big out there. I thought, okay, I'm coming from a country where rugby's really big to somewhere it's not really, but it's it's all expats playing. So a lot of Fijians, South Africans, oh, right. okay. ex-academy players. Like the level of play was just phenomenal. Um, so they were kind of based up at the Sevens Stadium where the Dubai Sevens is held. Yeah. As that's where our training and games were every week. So played there for two years, done some away games over to Bahrain for like the West Asia and over to Qatar to play against Doha and such in the league when flights were allowed over there. Um, wow. I moved back, joined Glasgow Hawks for a year or two, but I was just plagued by injury the full time and oh, right, okay. back playing it. Yeah, it's like I think during my first season, I managed to tear my groin and my hip abductor where it connects into my abs. Oh, wow. <laughs> so anything... Anything from sitting up in bed, getting out of a chair, like rolling to the sides, like it was just agonizing. It took about a year and a half for me to get back from that. Um, but by then, damage was really done. So I uh, just kind of went back to Canvas Lang to enjoy it a bit more, play more socially. Because when I'm written off with injury from rugby, it stops me from working properly as well. I can't yeah. teach classes properly. I can't show clients exercises. And especially now that we've got the who's newly arrived it's time to start looking after myself a little bit more oh okay yeah i mean yeah i mean it's sensible i guess it's it's just the fact that you i mean is that kind of been your thing is like how how often i mean the injury obviously in the game is is right it's, it's the nature of the game but how was it something that was happening quite a lot to you or you know how do you look after yourself <laughs> in 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 the game of rugby <laughs> Um, you know what? A lot of my friends are going to listen to this and they're <laughs> going to be just increasing themselves with that question. Uh, I've had a lot of injuries over the years. Um, it's all starting to catch up with me a little bit. So, like, both knees have torn two or three ligaments in both knees. Uh, I've dislocated my right shoulder. I've got tendonitis down my left shoulder, torn the ligaments in there. Cracked and bruised ribs more than anyone's business. I've probably been knocked out about six or seven times um jarred vertebrae in my neck um yeah just everything kind of under the sun over the years but it's it's just a physical sport at the end of the day and it probably goes back to what we spoke about at the start i, I like to go into things uh, yeah full on 100 percent. but you know there's risks that come with the rewards unfortunately and it can't really play in your favor every single time um and <laughs> being younger i was 
underweight for a guy my height, so I wasn't as strong or built or anything back then, so my body wasn't as well protected. Right, so okay. these things were just going to happen, and I think the damage I'd done at a younger age is just starting to come back to haunt me a little bit as I'm getting older, so I try to prime myself as much as possible now. Obviously, working in the job that I do is quite good. It's given me a lot more knowledge and to like muscle building um working on joint stability mobility like all these kind of things so definitely warm up wise but the mobility things i've done a lot more work recently to make sure my body moves a lot better than what it did um but yeah it's it's just kind of damage limitation okay well going from the the sort of the negative maybe what was what's your biggest achievement in in playing rugby uh, probably my second year of playing out in Dubai. Like the first year was great, don't get me wrong, but I don't think the season kind of went the way we hoped. Uh, it was kind of a little bit of a mix-up. Um, but second season was phenomenal, and I, I thought about hanging my boots up that year actually. So just kind of stopping playing altogether due to kind of like personal family reasons. Uh, but I spoke with my coach. He talked me into kind of keeping going with it, and we actually came away with the basically a league and cup double essentially. Wow. So we ended up winning the pre- yeah, we won the premiership title, which was really good. Um we won the Dubai Sevens, which was incredible. I'd say that's probably my favorite experience from playing rugby because when you play the Dubai Sevens, like there's a lot of pitches around the outside of the main stadium where games are played. But if you make it to the final of the Gulf Sevens, like the final is actually played inside the stadium in front in front of all the fans. Awesome. Um, so yeah, that was incredible. Just playing in front of that many people was amazing. We weren't expected to get that far. Never mind when. And I think we scored a try maybe with twenty seconds left on the clock uh, to win the thing. So all part, of, all part of the drama there. of rugby, I guess. Oh, always. <laughs> um, so yeah, between that and then becoming. I think that year we were also runners up in the West Asia tournament and stuff as well. Like it was just a phenomenal year to play. Just the performances our team put in. Um, I'd probably say that's late from playing, which is a funny one. Like obviously doing the whole Glasgow youth stuff and you know Scotland youth training camp and stuff at one point as well. Um, it's a strange one to pick for some people probably, but for me it was amazing. It's just the best I could have really hoped for while being over there to come away with something like yeah. it, my last year over there especially maybe as you you know before you went you weren't really expecting to get involved you went out there for work and then all of a sudden this opportunity drops in your lap and you you made the most of it that's awesome exactly I think from it being a year where I was looking into maybe stopping as well like before the season before pre-season started just stopping playing so from having in my head I wasn't going to lace up my boots again to come away with two titles was incredible really yeah what what with your experience in rugby what has rugby taught you the most maybe in life get a bit philosophical maybe it's a trickier one now (laughs) (laughs) um it definitely gave me a lot of confidence um yeah people probably wouldn't tell now but I used to be quite like a shy, quiet, kind of reserved guy. Um, but just that mentality that surrounds rugby and the way the sport is, you don't really get that opportunity. <laughs> so, um, 
No, it brought me out of my shell a lot more. Gave me a lot of confidence in playing with how I was kind of going around and because it is quite obviously a physical sport and being the kind of shape and size I was at the time, but still being able to do pretty well on it. Yeah, just came away feeling great. So it was a lot more outspoken, a lot more forwards, uh, get involved in a lot more things. The kind of camaraderie that's around me as well is brilliant. It's a lot more of a social sport, especially here in Scotland compared to your youth football. I mean, yeah. all your senior clubs have their own grounds and stadiums. And it's again, it's another kind of cliche but classic one where... You know, you batter lumps out each other for 80 minutes, but at the end of the game, both teams come together, have a drink, have a laugh. Um, whereas in football, you kind of know it's, uh, I think it's probably just because there's that many teams that the games are done, they go back to the changing room and teams are on their way to do their own kind of thing. So, nah, yeah. definitely like the social sides and stuff's definitely brought me out of my shell a lot more over the years. Um, just kind of working more as a team with individuals has been a lot better as well so probably yeah. the main teachings that I get from playing in the sport that's good I mean you say about the sort of the the camaraderie between teams and especially with fans as well when you go to the sort of especially the big things I went to I went to Wales Scotland uh the principality about five years ago and um it was we went with the local rugby club which was it's a called Glyneath Rugby Club it was just a small um club and they basically they with the team they would play in, against in Scotland and they would invite the fans you know the team down from uh, that club I forget what the club was called but then they would all get on the bus together and go down to Cardiff and then it was su- it was such a great atmosphere and then you'd all meet up afterwards because you'd all have obviously seats at different places in the in the ground but yeah, that that was just fun hearing sort of um even after a loss as well. That was a loss to Scotland and they were in very high spirits afterwards. It was really good. And then yeah. I think another time uh, my relative he was in a, a pub in uh in Wales. I think it was a couple of years later or a year later and they had um bagpipes playing the Welsh national anthem. Do you know what I mean? Stuff like that. It's that you know, you don't see that stuff with football or any any other sport really. It's just I love that that's one of the things I love most about rugby. Yeah, yeah. Well, you can go to some rugby games, especially the international mm. ones, and you're mixed in with fans from the other country and the same section as you. Like I'm sure I've been to I was thinking about it, would it have been a Wales game? It might have been actually a Scotland Wales game as well at Murrayfield and where we'd been sitting, just maybe three or four rows in front of us, there's been a group of Welsh supporters sitting and you just don't get any issues like what you would with football. I mean, for instance, you can still have a drink inside the rugby stadium because they can tell there's not really going to be any kick-up or violence or anything from it. Um, it's just much more of a laugh with everyone. And like you say, when it comes to Scottish teams going abroad and stuff, you always find someone ends up pulling out a kilt from somewhere, which is brilliant. <laughs> um <laughs> Yeah, uh, we've done some. Like, we like to go abroad to play in the Warsaw Tens tournament, which is usually last. You get teams from different countries all over coming to this thing, and you'd probably describe it more as a drinking festival with a little bit of rugby flung in there. Yeah. Uh, but we like to put a team in every so often for it. But you get teams from like Germany and obviously Scotland, England, Italy, and there's been some Dubai teams and stuff that went over as well. And it's brilliant. It's, as soon as you're there, it's like there's not. 20 different teams there's just one big team yeah. of guys just like to go out and it's like 
when you're a kid and you go and kick a football around the park with your mates, it's just one of them. <laughs> and you, you just don't really see that with sports as much sometimes. No, no, you don't. I mean, it's 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 such a it's such a good thing to see. I think it's the way the game's played as well attributes a lot to it and the way the players hold themselves most of the time, I'd say. But, you know, yeah. you know it's... But it does. I mean, I think... You always it, get one. Yeah, you always get one. But, yeah. So... Well, moving on, moving on to sort of, uh, you know, you're a personal trainer, obviously you have been for like, is that something you've just held alongside everything that you've done for for your career um, in rowing and rugby and football and golf and <laughs> table tennis and whatever else you do? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's something I've done for about, I think I must be around six years now. I think I'd... Uh, one of those memory things on Facebook of a client popping up from about 2015 uh, earlier on oh, in the right. week. Um, but yeah, it's so like, I don't know, I think the sporting background stuff definitely was one of the main things that started me with it. So I finished up at university, wasn't quite sure what to do. Um, knew I wanted to work in the fitness industry, so I started working in a couple of gyms around the area, but more like sales manager based jobs. Okay. Um, but just when you start speaking away to people and you end up start talking about sports, the stuff you've done, or all the guys that I met at university and stuff, they'd always be messaging you, asking for advice on things, training plans, just like, well, if I'm doing this for training, I think I'd be better doing this. What did you do back then when you were doing these things? So eventually just kind of clicked in my head. like, well, if I'm going to keep doing this for everyone, I might as well make a little bit from it since yeah. it's taking up quite a bit of time. So just done my qualification on the sides um still kept working in the more sales environment eventually just spoke to my manager and was just like listen i want to move into the fitness team because i'm not enjoying this being at a desk part but i really want to start working one-to-one with people because all in all designing programs for people on a computer and stuff's great but i really want to be there one-on-one with people to help them out Mm. I wanted to start teaching the classes. I just kind of wanted to get involved in it. And yeah, since then, that's that's been me. Been to one and online with whoever since. And yeah, do you think the you think the way that you wanted to actually see the results is that just well, you know, you wanted to do it in person? Is that because you wanted to actually see the results of what you're doing rather than just kind of letting it go and you know see the fruits of your labour, so to speak? Um, well, you get to see the results with online training, uh, but there's a big difference, I think, between doing kind of like before after photos and check-in photos and stuff and actually seeing someone in person. Uh, I've done a post recently on my website about it, actually, because I see a lot of things going up here and there of is one-to-one personal training dead because I think everyone's really trying to push that online coaching market. Mm. But to me, one-to-one personal training it'll never be dead at the end of the day. You, you can't get a substitute for it through a computer. I mean, actually physically being there and watching someone do the exercise, you know that they're doing it right. You know they're doing it safely, so get peace of mind. Uh, they get results faster from doing the exercises properly, and you can help a lot more people. I mean, I feel with the online coaching, the most people that reach out to you are people that already know a lot of the stuff about what they're doing. And they just kind of need that guidance and structure yeah. around their plan, which is great. Um, that's why I run it as kind of a more budget service for people just to kind of help people out there in that boat. They don't really need me there for They just need to know what setup should I be doing 
with the exercises with the nutrition part and you can trust them to go away and kind of do their work on it and just message you if they're a bit unsure about something yeah but the one-to-one stuff like but the people coming in that have maybe never been in a gym before the ones that feel a bit intimidated by it a little bit nervous and they kind of need someone there for confidence to kind of like not hold their hand per se but yeah basically guide them around each thing it's, make it's sure a, they're comfortable on it it's a motivation thing you know like i was saying at the start it, there's you know if if it, i was ever going to go down that route i would most probably you know get a personal trainer just for motivation just to kind of almost to tell me right this is what you need to do because and on a regular basis and they want to keep an eye on almost not sort of drill sergeant me sort of thing but yeah. that kind of that idea that someone's watching you and you I mean for me I wouldn't want to let someone down so I would yeah. therefore you know if someone's putting their belief in me that I can do it then I wouldn't want to let them down and I think there's a huge you know there's a part of that to it as well as well as obviously the guidance and obviously you know like posture with a lot of exercises is just as important as actually doing the exercises themselves isn't it so um is there an area that you specialize in at all or is it or you just are you trying to be quite as well-rounded as possible uh try and be as well-rounded as i can um just you'd never really know who's going to kind of approach you looking for help and i've never really wanted to be a case where someone can muster the courage to come and ask for help because i believe that's the toughest part for Mm. people at the end of the day is actually physically approaching the trainer and just saying can you help me with this because as a society we like to think we can do everything ourselves we can all figure something out ourselves yeah um so if someone was to say approach me and just be like i'm sorry but can you help me i'm going to lose weight for a wedding and i'm not quite sure what to do with it then i'd like to be able to know how to help them if someone approached me just like listen i'm trying to do this exercise but i keep hurting my back while i do it i'd like to be able to give them advice on it so i try to cover as much as possible would say currently I seem to be working mostly with have a lot of kind of fat loss type clients, um, which has been great. They've been getting amazing results and yeah, I get job satisfaction from it as well because you see them becoming kind of happier and more confident with themselves as the time goes on with it, which is great. Um, but then again, I'd also say that I hold a specialty when it comes to more athlete development as well so your strength and conditioning side of things all right okay maybe help condition people more towards their sporting performances since that's really what with mulling training do you ever have someone that maybe does fat loss and then wants to move on to like something a bit more athletic so they so they almost like they're going through um more of a long-term plan um so yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, people will always have a goal. There's always something to try and achieve through training. And it's first for making sure people stay active at the end of the day. Um, if you don't have a goal or an end target in sight, they're just going to be coming in, kind of doing random parts here and there. Even if the goal is just to feel fitter and feel healthier, you know, you know, they always have something in mind. So, for instance, if we use your example of people that come in originally starting with weight loss, um, you could maybe have someone that comes in at around let's say 16 stone they want to try and get down to 14 so you get them down to 14 stone they look themselves so great they feel better 
play look just like okay now that i'm 14 stone i'd quite like to maybe have a slimmer waist or i'd like to be a bit stronger so you help them get stronger across the arms and maybe a bit more defined abs which is one of your most common ones that you get as a personal trainer yeah want to aim towards and then eventually if they maybe get to that stage then they're kind of a bit more hooked on the fit side of things which is the part which i really love seeing um so maybe they've been doing like squats your deadlifts your bench press so your common lifts with you and now all of a sudden they're just like right i really want to get stronger at these now i want to see how much yeah. i can try and lift on this so you build a plan around that so you're always kind of tweaking and building things around so yeah they might have came to you for weight loss but like give it maybe about a year or so down the line you could have someone that's then focusing on powerlifting at the end of the day yeah like, i mean I guess that's the thing. I, I mean, with with a lot of people, they're you know they're almost well. If I've reached this goal, then I'm going to have another goal, and then I'm going to reach another. You know, and they're kind of adding whether it be anything to do with fitness or anything else in life. It kind of adds a adds another level to their life that they may have not known that they had. But how do you maintain, or how do you? I'm trying to think how to put this. How do you maintain results with your clients? What is it that you do you, with your plans? How do you? keep them going is there something specific you do or is it just do you try and put the emphasis on them um so is this more like say someone hits their goal so they don't kind of relapse and go back to where they were yeah 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 um probably just roughly what i was saying before goal setting being the big one so as long as they've got a goal in mind to try and name for then they're going to keep working at it uh that kind of comes down to the client as well as myself so i can kind of hint towards maybe things but it's their personal choices their life at the end of the day if they want to push towards something else then i'll work to help them get there but i probably say the main thing that i do to help keep them active and keep going is i really like to build my training philosophy around having fun so It's a bit of a cringy saying that this girl like Jackie is like my best friend out in Dubai that <laughs> said once and it's train hard, laugh harder. So okay. you should That's be good. really enjoying the sessions that you're doing and there's there's always a way around training that you should put a smile on your face. It might not be the most productive type of training for your goal, but if it's the one that you're going to enjoy, you're going to stick at it a lot longer. Yeah. So I'll always try and incorporate those things at people and like it does it because it makes things more of a lifestyle habit um so for instance the training the nutrition side of things like trying to teach people how to make it a part of their daily life rather than just a phase is something i try and kind of slyly incorporate as time goes on and yeah you tend to find people then stick with it a lot more afterwards than there which is great it's kind of like the complete opposite of the no pain no gain sort of philosophy it's like (laughs) Yeah, it's like, I think everyone starts off with that when they're younger, just like, oh, everything hurts. But then I think when you get to my age and your body's been aching for so long, um, it starts to become that philosophy of uh, train smart at the end of the day. So yeah, yeah there's, uh, there's a general level where you are going to need to put effort in, uh, like be tactical with it. And at the end of the day, like in my head, the best tactic is find something you enjoy, train that way because you're going to stick with that a lot longer than something that you hate yeah which finally always leads to people never doing burpees yeah <laughs> do you um i mean with nutrition how obviously it's very important do you what um 
do you often get people who are just asking about advice on nutrition or do you just incorporate that in in part of the routines that you you do yeah it's, it's kind of like a, a gray area the nutrition one so being a personal trainer like you've meant to really focus on the fitness side and kind of it's more nutritionists that should focus on helping people with nutrition especially if it's someone that's maybe diabetic or has like maybe certain requirements because you don't want to make up a certain plan for someone that's then missing out things you might not know enough about i mean at the end of the day we specialize in the fitness side nutritionists specialize in nutrition so you kind of they're going to know a lot more at the end of the day uh, i've put a lot of studying into minds over the time so learned a lot about nutrition during sports studies at uni and i've done my nutrition for like optimal performance uh, through optimum nutrition, which was great. So that really helped. So yeah, the way I like to go about with people is again, teach them to help themselves with it or teach them how to find their right calorie ranges, protein, carbs, fats, hmm. like none of this like ketogenic stuff where it's with really high fat or any fad diet things with a nice healthy balance. Yeah. And then I let them kind of play around with the foods to find what they like and dislike so it's better into their lifestyle which helps you do get people that will come to you just looking for the nutrition side but they do kind of work hand in hand with each other um most people will get the majority of the results through the nutrition um i will always say nutrition is probably about 70 percent of the work um could be even more at the end of the day and the training just kind of helps kind of tone and tighten everything up um but yeah i'll always try and push learning both of them onto people um but my style of probably nutrition is different to others so i'm not going to give you a meal plan that says you must have this for breakfast you must have this for lunch you must have this for here's your snacks because if someone then turns around to you and just be like oh i didn't really fancy this that night so i had this instead then that's all your calculations wiped off the board already (laughs) so you pretty much just put in like weeks of work and calculations and weighing up foods for this person for just to kind of get flung out the window like three days in so um yeah giving people that flexibility of like just fitting their own foods into their macros is probably the best part in my opinion yeah. teaching them where the good food sources come from and let them kind of piece the jigsaw together themselves and i've found it since i've incorporated that a lot more into my clients like the results are just skyrocketing a lot faster yeah i mean that's the i mean it's the key it's, it does what it says isn't it it's personal trainer it's like it's the personal part isn't it it's each individual person has their own different needs and you know like you say like the ketogenic diet you know things like that they they are kind of a fad diet aren't they that doesn't that they're kind of put out yeah. there for everyone to have like it's like this will work this work for this person so it should work for everyone but it doesn't work that way because every single person is different built different acts different their, their activity levels different so it just it doesn't always kind of these work diets don't work and i guess what you're saying is with if you're just kind of getting to know the person a little bit and understand their habits then you can kind of give them a little bit better advice there yeah, I just, I just feel if they kind of die, it's something new every single week. Like, this way is always better, this way. So we had yeah. the Atkins at one point. We had, like, now we've got keto, we've had paleo. Like, we've had so many different types of diet. But at the end of the day, like, especially 
all the main focuses seem to be around weight and fat loss and they all just work for the same common principle is that they all revolve around consuming less calories obviously the current situation that's going on around the world and especially obviously lockdown in the uk at the moment obviously you've got clients and then you're gaining new clients as well so how does how has that transition working from um, a live environment to an online environment been for you how hard did you find it and how have you adapted to it um been all right I mean, i've always really kept my online stuff running the full time i've been working one-to-one with people um and it's something that i have enjoyed and i've always wanted to maybe try pushing a little bit more i've always had lots of different ideas that i've always get out there different styles of doing it so if anything lockdown has been pretty helpful for me personally to help kind of play around with those ideas get the new content out i've been looking to develop so like your more ebook style things where people can just download the planets there and ready so it's less personalized but more easily accessible for them um i actually get a few things like that up and running and yeah it's been a bit of a challenge with maybe obviously a lot of people coming to you that are limited equipment wise for training at home whereas i'm used to a more gym environment as you say so you've got a lot less to work with um again it's given me more focus on that kind of nutrition side as well so really helped pushing my teachings in there so i mean i don't know about you i know what happened with me at the start of it you snap a lot during lockdown (laughs) um (laughs) especially when you're especially when you're on furlough like you're sitting there and you're used to maybe at night time having like the odd wee thing here and there but like you're constantly on the couch after so boredom now boredom makes you hungry exactly it's like you're not actually hungry you just need something to do to keep busy <laughs> yeah exactly yeah um so now like trying to help people break those habits was a good starting point um but transition onto an online business was not too bad at all for me i mean i've got good a decent yeah. enough online presence where i had a good reach out for people to help so people had no issues coming to me asking for help and advice the only issue i said at the start of it that i would maybe have was the amount of free content that went out at the start of lockdown is people didn't realize how long this would go on for. Yeah. That hit my business a little bit at the start. So in March, free PT was technically not in work. So their social media page was like, try this free home workout, try this free home workout. So a lot of people, instead of maybe coming and asking for personal advice, were just like, just see what this person's doing today. Oh, I'll give that a bash. Oh, yeah. um, then after a while you realize you've just kind of been doing random sessions here and there so there's not really been any structure to it but it's free at the end of the day so people were always kind of grabbing at that instead of maybe picking up on the online service um but i feel the longer it's been on the more people are kind of reaching out to me i mean i ran a competition that started the start of january um to help people out so just like whoever can maybe get the best transformation out of like the plan and stuff that'll make them and i got a lot of people kind of rushing in to join in on that which was good so that's good yeah i think a lot of people are kind of embracing that more trying to get that sense of normality and structure back to it again which has been really good so now it's been not too bad a change so far plus you know not having to run in and out the gym maybe like 
eight to twelve hours a day. It's given me a lot more time at home with the baby as well, which has been good. I mean, I've been the world's longest paternity leave right now, so <laughs> um, I've literally had one week of paternity leave, and then this next lockdown started. So um, the timing for that probably couldn't have been better for me. That's um, awesome. I was going to ask that stuff's actually. I was going to say that's my next question about all the challenges you face. How's the how's the challenge of fatherhood treating you? Um, challenges <laughs> <laughs> probably put it that way. Um, well, we'll put it this way. So I was meant to maybe go off on leave, um, right when Amber was born, but that was a surprise because the time I was meant to go off on leave, we were more going to focus on learning, right? bottle prep machine work how does the sterilizer work like what kind of timings are we going to run for everything and then amber decided to arrive three weeks early <laughs> so <laughs> um she gave me a day and a half to prepare pretty much which was basically spent shuttling in and out of hospital for visiting times to see danny um but it's been amazing like words can't even describe how much I've loved it so far and like I say yeah. all this extra time off I'm just trying to cherish those moments as much as I can um, I mean like I say when I'm working I'm in and out of the gym a lot of time during the day so having all these extra hours in the day to just lie on the couch with her cuddled into my chest take her for walks and stuff I'm not going to get that opportunity when everything opens back up so just kind of making as much memories while I can and when it comes to kind of working normality of trying to keep myself into a routine like I've got Danny there like she's my partner and she's been great it's like I probably wouldn't have learned half the stuff if it wasn't for her being a lot more prepared than I was for the baby <laughs> coming along so the fact that she's able to do kind of time every couple of days to get my own fitness work done get out and about I just kind of focus on the online training like the lack of sleep it's probably been the hardest part to kind of work around maybe like three or four hours then sleep without being cuddled so she's like likes to fall asleep on top of like one of us and most of the time sort it's like being drained a lot more during the day than what i'm used to um but it's, it's all worth it at the end of the day you yeah. hear parents and stuff that go on about all or when you're about to have your baby just like oh get ready for this get ready for this but you know, like one good moment, like one little laugh or one wee smile from her, like it just kind of weighs everything at the end of the day. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I, I'm a, I'm a dad myself, and you know, I've been through what what you've been through a, a couple of times, and it's it, nothing quite prepares you for it. You think as much as you think you're going to be prepared for anything, like all the practice you've done, everything, but there's like every day there's something else that it's kind of like. Oh my God. And it just, you adapt, like you say, with everything that you've kind of done already in your life, you just naturally adapt, don't you? And just kind of, yeah, I've got this. I, I pick it up as I go along. And then, you know, there might be a couple of scary moments, but there's, but that's just, that's just life, isn't it? And it's just, it's, I, I, everything that you said there, I was like, yep, yeah, that's exactly how I felt. And then the second one came along and then all that went. <laughs> it was almost like I knew what I was doing and then it was like yeah I was going to say it's like they got to juggle two of them <laughs> yeah yeah um, no but I think you hit the nail on the head with it to be perfectly honest I mean the thing I'd say to anyone maybe expecting that like you're, you're going to learn as you go along like you don't really get an option at the end of 
Um, it's not like right. I'll learn how to like change an app something tomorrow <laughs> to change that nappy. Um, so yeah, you just kind of have to get hands on. And you know, thankfully, babies are a lot better than how they look. Um, so once you learn that as well, things become a lot easier. Yeah. But nah, it's like it's when you're forced into a situation, you always learn how to adapt and overcome the challenge, and it's probably the best way you can describe the first part of kind of parenthood is probably going to be completely different I'm dreading those years that's when I'll probably take a wee step back yeah you're Um, lucky you're not doing homeschooling at the moment homeschooling's a nightmare on that one yeah (laughs) how was that going into like what was it like going into hospital during like in a covid environment you know to have a baby of all things so um there's a little kind of nerve-wracking I guess at first but all of our thoughts were kind of obviously taken up on our baby's going to be coming over the next couple of days so it took a lot of the thought process off there um the setup for the hospital like I don't really know what to expect when it comes to going in for labor and things really um yeah probably the frustrating part was maybe the the split in visiting times, whereas I'm sure probably they'd normally let people stay a lot longer in these mm. circumstances, but it was kind of like you're allowed in for 90 minutes and you're relayed out and having to come back and I'm maybe around a 25-ish minute drive, maybe 30 minute drive from the hospital, so hour and a half to drive home for like an hour to drive back and it was getting a little bit difficult that way, especially when you're waiting for kind of that phone call that you need to be at the hospital because it's time um but you know the hospital was really done as much as they could um you know they helped make danny feel really comfortable and stuff where she was good yeah and you know they kind of helped with the visiting as well so all those little things kind of made things a bit better but yeah it's just probably a lot (laughs) wracking really but i think you know when it comes to a baby being born it's always going to be nerve-wracking yeah and that's the thing that's why i got it because you, you've COVID not is the least of my concerns at that point yeah because that's that's what i was kind of thinking on the level of that you're already sort of all that uh, apprehension about having a baby and then on top of it you've got a pandemic going on you know around the place you know obviously where patients and things are going off and obviously there's a lot more precautions and stuff going on at the same time you know that's got to add some weight to it and that's kind of you know what you kind of summed up there so yeah um i mean yeah i won't even lie like, i won't even lie like i completely forgot there was a pandemic going on that <laughs> <Yeah. weekend>. <laughs> <laughs> but you, um, you would yeah you would you're right i think you're that just sanitizing putting on a face mask the you know it just becomes second nature so like literally everything was just revolving around this baby's coming this baby's coming this baby's coming are you there <laughs> nope <laughs> um so yeah i completely forgot everything else was going on at the time because <laughs> that's the thing you i mean as much as you're there as the father there's you know you want to do as much as you can but there is actually very little that you can do while you're there because you know it's kind of like you've done your bit sort of nine months earlier so it's kind of now you've got this you know the moments come and you're like okay give me a job to do i need to do something so 
it's just a weird thing. What I mean, what advice would you give any any no. father? You know, newly expectant father. What have you got any tips or anything that you would pass on to anyone? Um, nah, I mean, the only piece of advice I'd really give them is that everything will all work out in the end. Just kind of relax. Um, like we said, you'll learn everything as you go along. Like it's all right. It's it's not too stressful and stuff. Like the main piece of advice I'd probably say is like always just remind yourself that when the baby's crying it is not their fault they're just trying to let you know something's wrong yeah um and everything especially the first few weeks i mean every for that baby is going to be completely new and that's why i kept reminding myself it's everything from opening their eyes the outside world to like breathing fresh i've never experienced anything like that before so every single thing like hearing a voice outside is like completely new so they're going to be scared at the time um so yeah as long as you just relax and the more relaxed you are the more relaxed they'll be it's yeah. probably the best advice it's a great way of looking at it right and chris if if people want to look you up if they want to look for your sort of um your personal training uh details where, where's the best place to find you you've got a website so what's what's that yeah so you'll find my website as www.thetarkin dot com um, so you'll find some good content on there so free workouts plans that are coming uh, some blog posts and that around the fitness industry and free new um, or you can head over to my instagram page which is at the tartan trainer we will normally get the exercise and posts a little um, a little bit more depth on the website a little bit later cool all right and chris well we'll wrap it up there really appreciate your time and uh i wish you all the best no, that's great. Thanks very much for having me on. Yeah. All right. Yeah. All right, Chris. Thanks. 